Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to Three Idiots in a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, and I'm here with Alex and Landon. Say hey, guys. Hello. Yeah, we've returned from the dead, R- risen and grisen. Oh, just like Jesus, like a couple months ago, if you believe in that. <laughs> Certified <laughs> Jesus moment. He's up. Three Idiots and a, a Conversion to Christianity podcast confirmed. Yes. So welcome, fellow uh, converted youth. believers of three idiots. Man, that's crazy yeah. that our last episode wait, wait, was wait, titled wait. that uh, we're ending the podcast serious. In parentheses. Blasphemous? Yeah, so basically we were lying. So I literally got you guys. You thought that this was the end of the podcast. Goofy. Literally is the biggest psych moment of your life, and you're living through it right now. How does that make you feel, viewers? I bet they feel yeah. pretty silly right now. I'm not even allowed. No, I heard I them. I heard them. They said, like we're not viewers, you moron. We listen. So, oh my gosh, you guys got me. Oh, shoot. <laughs> they got you right back. That's tough. That's so crazy. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why they keep hitting me up like that, but it's kind of rude, but I'm also all for it because it's, uh, you know, time to hang out with the crew. What um, ask our crew of loyal listeners. Well, anyway, today we are talking, we about, talking about today we're talking about the wonderful third season of Mandalorian, a full retrospective over the whole series as well as um if we could try and do some in-depth analysis on a few of the episodes, but we don't have to. I think we can just do an overview of the whole third season and how we felt about it. Yeah, I think that's probably the better choice at this point since the season oh, came wow. out like a, or finished like a month ago so we are a yeah, little behind we are aware we've uh, let it simmer a little bit though so yeah so yeah, we could really just <laughs> you know take the whole season in at like one time and i guess now we're here to break it down for you so you're welcome for that yeah you yeah. guys should be thanking us honestly <laughs> yeah when when did that show end anyway like a couple months ago it was probably about a month ago yeah so yeah like i said a little uh, behind, Alex, fine. what's your argument for why this season was bad i did not say the season was bad <laughs> um so before we started recording i said that i feel pretty strongly that this was the worst season which doesn't mean that it was bad like, I still think it was a good season. I enjoyed watching it every week, looked forward to it. But I think it's valid to say that it was the worst season of the three so far. Um, can I be honest for a second? No. I, I, got, I got this feeling that the first Mandalorian season was kind of like, like it, I, think, I think it was kind of a fluke. I, Hold on. So, you're first season of Mandalorian is bad? No, I'm no, I think he's saying it was really good, and it hasn't lived up to that since then. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, think, I, I was trying. I mean, like they psyched us out thinking that. I, I can't. I can't call that a bad take. I don't think I agree, but that's not a bad take. Well, I mean, when you have a show opener that is just so strong, it's really hard to live up slash surpass that. So, I mean, from what we're getting from season two, which was more of like a, hey, how many shows can we introduce now that we know that the Mandalorian is a fantastic character? 
And then from Book of Boba Fett being like, wait, this show's flopping. Let's just throw Mando in there. You know, he's like their savior character. So they were trying to use him to stage as a staging grounds to introduce more shows, which is kind of what season two was. That's what the whole season two was, yeah. Yeah, and now we're kind of back on track for um, yeah for Mando. But it's I I think that this story more, I guess it is called The Mandalorian, and I know we keep calling Din Djarin The Mandalorian, but I yeah, think but there are other Mandalorians. Like yeah. So what I, I will give this followed. season credit for is it was very cohesive, I'd say. It was yes. cohesive story. They stuck with it the whole time through, and I think yeah. that's good. And I think they should continue doing that moving forward. It's just, mm-hmm. um, I think it could have been better, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I think they might have, I don't know. The one problem is I, I feel like I'm almost just like, Andor kind of ruined me. You know, Andor is just such Why? a good show. Oh, and now okay. I just like, everything has to compare to Andor now. And I know that's not a good way to compare things. Because like on the surface level, it's Star Wars and, and you should, I don't want to say appreciate everything because there's still room to criticize. But like, definitely, the, uh, it's just. Sometimes the show really frustrates me because, you know, one, just just I'm going to pick one aspect here, and th- this is a little nitpicky. But oh, great. Hater bound. Hater bound. The, the, <laughs> the whole set design of the show oh, can look really cool, right? Like, there's that one shot that they're flying into Mandalore, and they have, like, the blown up uh, dome, and it looks yes, so I cool. Agree. And then you get other shots that you can tell are shot in the goofy freaking CGI dome. Because you, you know how they have the big viewing screen that they project everything in and then build a yes. set around the background? You can there's, there's quite a few scenes, specifically on Mandalore, that just look like they're in just one room with a background plastered on the back. Hmm. And like, I don't know... I I think this this style can I think there's there's some highs in the show and how it looks and then I think there's just some lows and it just feels like they're almost constrained having to to build the show around the the stupid dome, you know. I don't know. That might be just nitpicky of me. I I think, I think it's a little nitpicky. More of my gripes with the season are like, I guess the progression and like the story as a whole. Like I said, I liked that it was cohesive and I liked that they stuck with it. But that doesn't mean I don't have issues with like the story itself. And yeah, and and I I have and everything. I have plenty of issues with the story as well. It's it's not like the settings and the the freaking stage design was the only only yeah, problem I had with the show. <laughs> I don't know. That kind of sounds like it. Um, yeah, you spent a lot of time saying that, so I don't know. Actually, now that you say that, yeah, no, it's the only thing I have. Probably. Everything about the season was perfect other than that. Understandable. I don't know. I, I feel like some of these, I, I guess now diving into the story, now that we talked about how the story has some issues with it, I feel like this kind of story on Mandalore struggles in live action. I think like 
I think How so? I think Mandalore as a, a planet and a setting and a in a concept plays really well in animation when you can do, you know, mm-hmm. so much more. Not um, not so much more, but that. like you could be more creative with what you do, right? So, yes. Um, what about the dome city that Jack Black and were on? That was a pretty, that was pretty well done. Yeah, sure, a, sure. Cool but I'm, I'm talking specifically Mandalore and like the, the themes around, or, or just the, the setting of Mandalore. I just think, I think this kind of story struggles in live action. And that kind of, I know I'm kind of moving quickly here, but that kind of worries me for Rebels. Or not Rebels, but the Ahsoka Ahsoka. show, which is going to be Rebels season three or four or whatever. Do you want them to just whitewash the uh, surface of Mandalore like they did in Rebels? No, no, that's that's not what I'm saying. blank white surface. No, 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 no. (laughs) I I just think... It was like shattered glass everywhere. Like it was a really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying this. The 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 setting around like the actual planet of Mandalore is is bad or anything. I just think it struggles being adapted into live action. Is a story mechanism. I don't know. Hmm. I think you're sounding too much like a nerd at this point. Agreed. I mean, I'm just um, saying we're on a we're on a <laughs> podcast called Three Idiots in a Star Wars podcast. I think I have the yeah, right to be it's three here. idiots, not three nerds. Though, oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah, my bad. There's a difference. Uh, we'll we'll change it to one nerd in a idiot podcast. One nerd in an idiot podcast, which is podcast about stupid stuff that happens around town. That works. A lot of stupid stuff that happens around town. Oh yeah. So one thing I want to talk about for like the main, since we're talking about story, for one of the main story points, like I was talking about earlier, how it's called the Mandalorian. I liked how it more followed Bo-Katan. It's, it felt like season three of the Mandalorian was Bo-Katan's season, almost, because there was just a lot that focused around her. Like she saw the Mythosaur, she got to take her helmet off and go the clans of the Mandalorians together. She got to lead this the lead the fight with the dark saber against Moff Gideon and she ended up besting him. You know, it's like it, it kind of follows a really good arc for her character. Because I mean she started off being like this hater. It's like, I don't like this. We see Dinjarin again, we'll kill him, you know, stuff like that. And then, mm, I'm sad and I'm sitting on my chair and I'm all sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She I, definitely like posed that one time at the start of the season when she saw Oh she definitely. Was- yeah, I mean, you. I mean, even if you watch the end of that episode and the credits, the the concept art, like they had Okatan sitting there, just like yeah, you just know, like moping and stuff. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was a fun shot to see her, her chilling there. But no, I liked the whole story thing that she went through. She kind of gave up on Mandalore, then she realized that it's like a thing, and then she saw the Mythosaur and was just kind of reinvigorated to join. First, the culty part of it, and then she realized that she's kind of like, kind of like Gela in the, uh, the High Republic, where she wants to be like a way seeker for the Mandalorian. Speaking yeah. of, I mean, I was going to say for Bo-Katan, I think she even sees herself more so as like a bringer together of like the two groups that way, since she came uh, yes. from one group and then was accepted in another. And I think that's like what the armor lady, whatever I can't remember her. Exactly, but 
yeah the that's armorer just, lady um i think that, that's pretty that's much name. what she's, she saw she's called the armor the armorer yeah. Okay. I really like that language you used there, Alex. The bringerer together. <laughs> the bringerer together. I mean, um, it really encompasses what her character was, though. So that's why yeah, it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe broken English, but yeah, it, I got to the across. point nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely followed you. Yeah, no, I I like that though. I because you know most people are thinking. Now that's what we call a subversion of expectations. We're thinking it's going to be about the Mandalorian. But it's 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 about who's a also a group of Mandalorians. Yeah, it's like that is a uh, that is subversion right there. Yeah. Also, I think it was um, another highlight of this season, though, was giving other characters more time to shine that are still also Mandalorians. Like Grogu. <laughs> I mean, now he technically is. I know. <laughs> um, but like the Vizsla guy, is it Paz Vizsla or something? It's pre Vizsla. Or Tarvisla? No, Tarvisla. Tar yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, never mind. Um but yeah, so like we got more background on him and got to see him more as a character. By the end they made him more likable where he was like absolutely down to go on the mission and all yeah. that stuff. And then I don't know, like just building on a lot of those characters that are Mandalorians, but that we hadn't seen more than really just in passing before, I think was really nice. And then it seems yeah. like it's starting to shift focus where it doesn't have to be about Din Djarin and Grogu every single time, every single episode. So I, yeah. I will say I liked what they have done with that. I liked, yeah, I liked Tar Vizsla's character in this because, you know, he's, he's always kind of held a kind of underlying resentment of Din Djarin for some reason. But yeah. then, well, also like knowing a, his family too, that his family were not good people. The Vizsla house, yeah. yeah exactly. Kind of, Centered, they see themselves as the leader, but it's kind of yeah. And I mean, wasn't previsual literally like just the terrorist leader of yes, Death, Death Watch, Watch baby? Let's go. Yeah. He wanted, to, yeah, he wanted to bring Mandalore back to his warrior way. Where only yeah, and it was through like terrorism, so he was not a good yeah. dude. So it's it's good to see though that his are we thinking this, this is his grandson or probably yeah, it has. Well, to it's be, part of his house, so it doesn't even have to be like a. Direct. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, it doesn't even have to be a direct descendant. It could be like. Yeah a great nephew or someone's cousin or something, I guess. So yeah, that's true. Um, one thing, I liked his character. I like that. He's Tar Rizla too. Cause he's got a son. One, one thing I really, I'm not going to acknowledge that. Yeah. I know. It's not cause you hate that. I'm going to um, pretend I'm laughing at something else. No, you're not. Um, one thing I do want to commend the season for, this is kind of random. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in the season finale, when the one dude, um, flew up into space to go let everyone know that the TIE fighters were coming. Yeah, And then he oh, yeah, took yeah. control of the ship. You know, mm -hmm. instead of like needlessly sacrificing himself, he flew the ship into the uh, into the, the ravine, you know, to blow everything up and then proceeded mm -hmm. to leave and live. Like I kind of... Yeah, like, because they knew they were going to lose the ship. So he was like, what's the best way... I can make use of this. I'm, I'm well, just again, not just killing myself. Yeah, see, because like stupid captains are like, I go down with the ship. It's like, no, don't be no, dumb. You have a jetpack and blasters to blow out the windows. Yeah. Just also, leave. Like their numbers aren't huge. Like they definitely needed every person they could get. Like I, I, I'm so sick of like all these stories where like you have the needless sacrificing where you can easily survive and live, but 
Nah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta be heroic. Cliche for that. So that, that was definitely a W. So W. Yeah. Another thing that bothered the thing that bothered me about that scene when he flew up into space and then landed, like he went from the ground to the spaceship up in space. You know, uh, it really bothered me because it reminded me how we never got Battlefront Three back in the day. <laughs> You know, they were going to have, like, space combat, and then you could fly your X-Wing down to the, the surface and land it and have a surface battle. Like, we never got that, and that really bothered me. So I'm like, look how easy that is. Like, I would love to do that. But, Bro, you know, it's that's literally true. so easy. Look at him. He's literally cgi yeah, into a cgi going, place where he CGI's. Yeah. And think about it. Video games are completely CGI, so boom. That, yeah. that you do or actually or bring up a pretty good point. Like, I'm not even lying. Yeah. I mean, come on. If they can do it in a movie, they can do it in a video game. True. They almost did. But whatever. That's just a strange tangent. But that's I remember thinking exactly, like, God, I wish we had Battlefront 3 after he landed in the ship's hull. I was like, come on. We're yeah. close to greatness. Pain. Yeah. Suffering. Never. It's fine. Also, one gripe I have about the ending of... Moff Gideon, you know, before his boss fight with Mando. And you get, yeah. All cool characters get a hallway scene, right? So Mando, of course, does the whole shield Qui-Gon Jinn versus Darth Maul type thing where he's just like one shield at a time fighting. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that really bothered me is Moff Gideon is a brilliant tactician, right? Like he's supposed to be like the super smart guy that knows yeah. how to... And he has been. And, for the most yeah, part. and he has been. Yeah, he's been, he's been denoted and solidified as a character that is smart. And he even says to one of his people in that are in the hallway, he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of the Mandalorian and grow the child. And then he proceeds to let Mando and the child walk straight through the guards. Of course that was going to happen. And then he goes into like all of his clones that have the force. And what does Mando do? The right thing and kills them all. And then <laughs> Moff Gideon standing in the room right after that hallway. And, <laughs> Instead of protecting his clones, he's like, how dare you kill them? How dare you kill them as I just stand here and watch you kill all of them? That, that scene bothered me to no end. Because I was like, dude! Like, why uh, I, I think that might just with be... Your life? Yeah, that uh, might just be bad writing on that part. But I will say, yeah. for a lot of Moff Gideon's errors, I would just assume our arrogance in terms well, of... Yes, but it's... Like, that is that part specifically. Oversight. But, that is such an oversight on his thing that it's, like, it's almost incalculable that he would actually do that. Like, there's no right. way he would have been you know, protecting those clones with his life. I would imagine. Yes, that's yeah, that's what I was saying. Unguarded, yeah. Like, how how are you going to have like a one way hallway and then you're at the end of it and you just have to pray to God that Mando doesn't do the right thing and kill all these clones of you that are obviously going to be evil? You know. Yeah, it's a little goofy, silly. I know. It's like, how cool would that have been, too, if, like, the clones were just ready, you know, a nice a movie trope or whatever, where it's like, oh, my gosh, they just finished and we're just out of time so they can start fighting. Like, Moff Gideon was fighting them, right, in that room, and maybe Mando, like, accidentally kills one or two of them or on purpose does, and then some of the other ones, like, hatch, if you will. And start coming out fighting with the force. Then Grogu has to do like a force combat with one a, a couple Moff Gideons while Mando's fighting the non-force user Moff Gideon. Like you know how cool that would be for. Don't get me wrong, the ending like boss fight was awesome, but like there's something that they could have actually done that would fit. Uh, what's his name? Moff Gideon's character a lot more. 
And it would have also been kind of badass. But then again, Amanda would have been completely outmatched. So that is also true. Fair. But I don't know. I that that was one scene that really bothered me because and then for Moff Gideon to just have the gall to stand there and be like, you smothered them. I'm like, dude, like guard them. Like, what was he gonna do? Yeah. yeah like, like that is what I entirely in that yeah. situation. I would walk in and be like, oh hell no, there's clones of this guy that's super evil. I'm gonna just kill them all. That is the sensible thing to do if you're the hero Stop. of the Stop! Don't kill my guys! Yeah, that's literally what he said. He just bitched about it and did nothing. And it's like, dude, come on. Uh, be those better. are mine! I'm telling mom. That reminds me of the meme um, from one of the tangent Mando episodes in Boba Fett um, where... Uh, Tarvisla fights Mando for the Dark Saber. It's a meme where he's like standing in the corridor watching Mando, and it says like, "Mom said it's my turn with the Dark Saber." <laughs> Gosh. Another well, thing I had would be is was the Moff Gideon we saw that fought Mando, a clone of him, like a, one of the failed clones that's like not a force sensitive one. Was that one of him? And like, that's the, the thing we have no idea. But again, yeah, like, how many times can this guy lose, and they'll still just bring him back? You know what I mean? I, I feel like I they know. can't just keep bringing him back. Yeah, that would be really. F- yeah, it it at that point it just gets frustrating, and then I always point back to that Luke Skywalker quote from Episode Eight or one of the sequels where he's like, "No one's ever really gone," and they have really thrown that out of whack. And it's yeah, really- but I would really, yeah, I would really like to see Moff Gideon not return, and I think it's time for Thrawn to take center stage, which I think is what they're saying. I think that is what they'll do. Um, for the Ahsoka show, is that taking place in the same time period? I think it is, right? Mm, uh, I actually don't know. I think what's going to happen is a well. She was looking for Thrawn though at, in the yes. episode in episode or in season two. So well, I like to think yeah. that means it's setting it up. I mean, they could yeah. do flashbacks and stuff. Obviously, it but. should be the same. But yeah, end of if since like what Landon said, it's going to be basically Rebels season, like the next season of Rebels. Yeah, sort of like a live action one with the yeah. again, So and at the end of the last season of Rebels, Ezra. Feeds off with Thrawn, who's obviously back now because they've been talking about Thrawn being back. Yeah. Ahsoka's looking for him. So, and her looking for Ezra has led her to Mando season two, where she's talking to that one lady who was in the trailer uh, saying that she's going to, where's Thrawn? Because if you find Thrawn, you find Ezra. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that one goes. Yeah. I am thinking that's probably the whole point is that they'll try to tie these together. And that Ahsoka season one will end at a certain point, and maybe yeah. Mando will pick up like either what was happening at the same time as Ahsoka season one, or they'll sort of converge together, and then like Mando could pick up where Ahsoka ends off. Yeah, so, that'd be I don't cool know. I think that'll be interesting. Through. Like, I, I definitely still think there's a lot to look forward to moving forward on Mando. Um, it's just a matter of can they sort of continue to divert this story away from Moff Gideon finally. Yeah. And then I, I'd say continue to develop Grogu, continue to develop the, that like Mandalorian uh, culture sort of as a whole. And then yeah. I guess just go from there and hopefully it will be back and maybe better than ever. I would like to definitely see like a season one form of Mandalorian. Um, 
where that's something that Landon had mentioned about um, how that was like really sort of the peak. And I don't think it was necessarily a fluke, but, and I think there's plenty of room to get back to that point. It's just, Oh yeah. I to see it. Unfortunately. I mean, the cool thing about the first season of Amanda was a lot of the community was kind of coming off of the low or high, however you view it of episode eight and the rest of the sequels. Yeah. I mean, regardless of how you see the sequels, the first season of Mandalorian was a high, like for everybody. Yeah. Like it was some of the best Star Wars we had gotten in years. Yeah. And it brought most of the community back together, kind of to some kind of thing. Like if you don't talk about the sequels and you just talk about Mando, everybody gets along. True. I mean, yeah, they, and um, those wackos, but it's just nice to see that that brought everyone. And I, I know I said that when we talked about Mando season one and season two, I'm pretty sure I've just mentioned it every time. But yeah, season one of Mando really brought us back together. I think the first season of Ahsoka is going to be nice. I would love for the ending of season one of Ahsoka to be a Thrawn, like, well, Thrawn to come in like mid season and then for Ahsoka to finally find Ezra in like the last episode. Yeah. And like, sort of be the cliffhanger kind of, for this. Yeah. Season. It's kind of a cheesy shot, but it'd be kind of cool to have him be like, have Ahsoka run up to him and be like, Ezra, Ezra, you're okay. And he just like opens his eyes and they're yellow, like Sith yellow. <laughs> I think, and then it cuts to black right there and we have to wait for season two. Like that would be an epic cliffhanger because I would love to see a dark Ezra, but just like a Thrawn, because Thrawn's supposed to be like this really good communication, very cultured man. Yeah. So it's really cool to see him kind of talk his way into converting a Jedi to the dark side, because he's especially because he's not a Force user. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool to show that he has like an understanding of the Force. And but I mean, he can't use it, but he, can, he has such an understanding of it that he's able to convince a Jedi that's relatively strong at that point into falling to the dark side it kind of be like a luke skywalker invader thing but if luke fell to the dark side instead so that would be kind of an interesting thing that the story writers could play at i'm not sure how that would go over but i would love to see the bad guys start winning a little bit more yeah like, i mean i'm moff gideon assuming, losing all the time but. yeah and that's why i would like them just to end the moff gideon storyline at this point like yeah, he was a great it, villain and um i don't know even this season though i felt like it was getting very old where i think season two was the right place to end his storyline but yeah yet here we were and but he I kind mean, of fell into like, the trope of, that big of a deal so. yeah he kind of fell into the trope in this last season of oh the villain's stupid but he looks sick you know and like that's kind of unfortunate yeah especially since he was like a mastermind before and he clearly still had a lot of power despite the fall of the empire and yeah yeah the scene that really solidifies me or my thinking and thinking that moff gideon's just kind of a mid villain now because don't get me wrong season one and two he was intimidating like you saw him on the screen his theme was playing in the background you're like oh god our heroes are actually in trouble and then yeah. plus we didn't know like, much about him at first where yeah like got the our background, there. So let's bring his story to a close yeah and it's like it's a perfect time to bring it to a close but the thing that just solidifies me into thinking that his story was definitely over before it needed to be told anymore in this season was that scene where he's like how dare you kill my children even though i could have guarded them it's like that was just so dumb i i don't know i i would not make that oversight if i was a villain i'm just saying yeah yeah, just um, simply be the villain. It's not even that hard. Yeah. Welcome oh, back. Yeah. How's your nose? <laughs> you talk about it. Do I have to cut anything out?
No. No, we didn't. This is the first time it was mentioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just bothering you. No, we've um, been talking about Ahsoka and that and expectations and other stuff. Um, yeah. One last um, thing I did well, want to hold on, hold on. Let me let me circle this back. Hold on. Of course, Landon wants to say something about. Nah, hold hold on hold on. I'm just I'm I'm pausing for a second so I can cut. Yeah. No. One thing uh, that that I'm looking. Well, I don't. I'm looking to see what happens. I'm kind of cautiously pessimistic, I guess, of the Ahsoka series. I don't know. I just, I'm, I don't know how much faith I have in in the Mandalorian franchise much anymore. It just, it seems like this. You've got Dave Filoni as the showrunner for the Ahsoka show, and he knows that better than anyone. So if he messes that story up, I think that will really ruin. I don't. That would probably put a really bad taste in my mouth going forward for Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really sucks to think about, but I don't. I believe strongly that he'll tell a a solid story. Well, I I mean, they've already. I'm really not worried. They've already. We haven't really discussed this a lot on the podcast, but I mean, they. He's getting a movie. It'll be the culmination of the Mandalorian universe. You know, culmination. Of Ahsoka, you know, the Rangers of the Republic or whatever it is, Book of Booby Feet, um, yeah. all, all the shows. Just one movie to tie everything together? Yeah, it's all the shows are building together that. to a Dave okay. Filoni movie. I believe it'll be about Thrawn. So Thrawn's the so. Thanos, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Because everything, kind of everything has to, everything's building up. Everything has to, you know lead to a big crossover event nowadays yeah Yeah, which i mean in this case i think that's fine just because that sort of makes sense with the story they've been telling but yeah yeah it is unfortunately something we are now seeing all the time yeah for a franchise this big that's kind of the only step you can take because you can't really i mean you can make like original shows but then everyone everyone asks well how does this tie into the greater story you know so like well, I I think that's. I mean, one I guess thing. Rogue One was Rogue One was successful in doing that one off because that was something that fans wanted to know. Oh, oh how, no! Come how on. does this work? I nah, I don't think what? anyone's yeah, asking, asking for it. No one was asking I, I for a story. Well, it still worked though. It still worked. It took. It took. It's like it was a one off film that took a very like small part of one movie and made it into a whole movie, and everyone enjoyed that movie. You know, but you can say but, that about basically the entire Star Wars universe. Like the Clone Wars no, show, can't. I mean, was no, based that show sucked. That show sucked. You're right, talk my to bad. Me. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Sounds like you're angry. We're going to lose all of one listener because I just said that. And I say one listener because that is all we have. Just kidding. Hey, we have like, don't, don't trash talk our listeners. We have plenty of ones. Speaking of our listeners, hundreds um, of thousands. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can. Uh, us on twitter at the at three idiot star wars uh message us on twitter if you want or or comment under the tweet that we do for this episode about what you feel how, how you felt about season three of the mandalorian answer me this pals is moff gideon gone yeah no, he or will he return in my in my humble opinion I hope so too. But I definitely hope he is gone. You never know in this this world though, that we have nowadays. The real question is: John Favreau gone? 
Scar Vizsla. Wait, that was John Favreau that played Tar Vizsla? That's yeah. funny. That's you know. That's, uh, I think I had known that, and I completely forgot. That is hilarious. I know I don't look enough into the show stuff, so that's that's actually really funny. Real question: Is Jack Black and Lizzo returning? The answer is. Probably. I sure hope so. God. Um, they, but do you spinoff show? Do you guys have any final thoughts on the Mandalorian or Ahsoka before we? Uh, really. I, I just have to say, I think for season four of Mando, if that's ever been confirmed or not, I almost said it is. Yeah, I don't see yeah. how they won't do it. You know what I mean? Nah, yeah, I, that makes sense. What I hope they do is they don't do any like fetch quests in the beginning of season four. I hope that they understand that the fans understand that Grogu is obviously going to learn the ways of the Mandalore. And maybe have some force training. So the next time we see him, it would be really cool to see him like actually in action more and like cap- a capable fighter. I think uh, it'd be cool. We can we can skip over the training stuff because that's implied at, by the end of the season. So it would be neat to see what they're up to. Maybe like one, the first episode, the opener would be. Uh, Grogu and Mando going and doing a mission that ends up stumbling into whatever they do next maybe stumbling into a Thrawn associate or something but that's my hopes for season four either way i think it should be pretty good well i just want grogu with a lightsaber and mando armor i think that'd be so cool well i don't know if you guys know about this but i'm quite uh, this this doesn't have to do with mandalorian but i'm quite worried about season two of um, the your microphone's cutting out what were you saying about season 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 two of Andor, I'm a little worried about. Uh, because there's a season two announced. Well, it they're only doing two seasons, and it's in production right now. But uh, the Writers Guild is on strike in Hollywood right now, and there's do it no, in their free time instead of for work. No writers <laughs> on the show right now, so there's a chance that the second season could just suck. I'll write it. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, We'll be back next time uh, talking about uh, Obi Wan. So (laughs) make sure to uh, make sure to tune in and follow us on Twitter. Uh, We'll see you guys in the next one. You know we can't control you guys, but we'd prefer it. Yeah, do it. We're done. Adios.